Happy New Year and welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast. As we wrap up 2023, we've been able to have some great conversations at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. And I'm your host, Ace McKay, ready to finish out the year strong with some great conversations to challenge us in our walk and faith with God. Our friends at Forte Catholic are going to help start things this week. Sarah is recently married and opens the question between the two of them of that now this generation seems to be waiting later about getting married. And what is it about the lack of young people going on dates or even the fact that young Catholic ladies long for marriage. We'll get into that discussion as we join things happening at Forte Catholic here on Catholics Coast to Coast. Hi, my friends. Welcome into this week's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here. There seems to be a theme where, like, there is a group of, like, you know, young 20s to 30, maybe even a little older than 30, of like, uh, and, and we worked with a lot of them where I was so shocked. I'm like, how are you not married? Like, What's what's going on here? Because there's a group of like pretty, devout Catholic women who would like to be married, who want to be moms, who would make great moms, like, and and they're just constantly single. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, we, the the guys at Ablaze would talk about it pretty often because like most of the guys at Ablaze were married, so it's like yeah. you know <laughs> that's that's not our problem, you know. <laughs> but we we'd be like, where? Where are the good, young, Catholic, single, devout, Catholic young men to come take these ladies off of our hands? Like somebody else needs to, to, to take care of this, right? So um, that was the case with, with you. That was the case with a lot of your friends. And it, it took some time, but there's a good end to this story. Uh, you're all now either married or uh, uh, becoming a nun, right? Yeah. So, one lady was just like, ah, I'm done with this whole dating scene. I'm going to Italy to become a sister. But uh, the rest of you are all married now, and I'm, and I'm very happy about that. Um, we, we know the end of the story. You got married. Congratulations, hooray. Uh, but I, like, I'm an outsider looking at this situation. Like, I, I never understood what was going on. I didn't know, like, I was like, I don't know. Does she turn into an ogre at night? Like, I don't understand what's happening. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that experience, because I cannot talk about the experience of being a young, pretty Catholic devout woman, but you can. So, Yeah, it is a serious problem that women everywhere are single and desiring marriage and not getting out, asked out on dates, um, people going years and years without being asked out on a date, or even you know, people that are 30, 31, 32, never being asked out on a date. Um, one of my best friends, bridesmaids is one of the most hilarious women I've ever met. She is honestly drop dead gorgeous and is still single and desires marriage so badly. And, you know, we just pray for all these women every day, but you look at, you know, growing up, everyone around you was married. I really didn't know any single women growing up. And maybe that was just, you know, the people I was surrounded by. But it, to me, it's your very parents kept them away. They're like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep these ladies away from yeah. our children. <laughs> yeah. But it's very clearly a problem. And I think part of it maybe is that men are discerning, uh, discerning the seminary a little bit too late. And so, like during the season when there are a lot of single men and women together, um, the men are discerning. And so they're not asking the women out on dates. And so maybe that could be part of the problem, but it is really sad seeing all these women um, going 
not going out on dates and really desiring to be married and have kids. Yeah. I, it, it saddens me too. And it, it was like, it put me in like this kind of weird position because yeah, like I married. So it's like, I don't want to be like, it, it, it was this thing where I would see these like, like people like you and a lot of your friends at a blaze that I was close with. And it's like, I would see y'all getting down about like not dating or not going on dates and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I would love to help, but I like, I, 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 there's, there's not a way for me to help. Right. So I was like, what is a way that I can help? And I was like, even that, and like with, with y'all, it's like, I think I built up enough of a trust where I'd be like, I, I just wanted to let y'all know that y'all were <laughs> pretty Catholic devout, like desirable. Like it's, it's this thing in like a guy's heart where like you want the ladies in your life that you care about to like, feel loved, desired, cherished. Like that's a natural thing. Right. And it's like, that's meant for our wives, but like y'all are all younger than me. So a lot of y'all were like little sisters to me. It's like, you want the ladies in your life that you care about to feel loved and cherished and desired. Right. So it's like, I wanted to communicate that like, you're not a failure as a person, (laughs) which like, I think a lot of times (laughs) some of y'all would, would feel like that Mm -hmm. without being like weird. Like I didn't want to be the married guy. Like that seems like I was hitting on people, but it's just like, I I want you to know that you're a good person and that it's the guy's fault. That's essentially where I was at. So it was just kind of this, uh, this strange thing where I'm and like with the guys, I'm like, ask them out. Like Mm -hmm. what's the worst that could happen? You know? So it's just kind of a, it was a strange thing because I feel like I missed it. Like I got married so young, uh, which is not a thing that you tell to people when they're not married. Like I didn't, I didn't remind you of that over and over again before you got married, you know, but it's just like, I didn't have to deal with this, right? I didn't have to deal with like finding somebody late. And I, and and like, so it's harder for me to connect with people now, both, both men and women, because like you said, it is a huge problem now that like, you know, we talked earlier about like, I'm good at helping people with things that I'm really good at, but I never had to experience this. So why would I be any good at it? So, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think part of it too, is that um, our generation was told that we should choose our career over our vocation. Mm. And so women are constantly, you know, going to college, getting a career and focusing on that and trying to immediately just jump in and into that. And even when we're in our careers, it's hard for us to find a find a time and find a place to meet good, holy, single men. And so, and and then even though, even, even when we do, these men aren't asking women out on dates. And so it is just really difficult on both ends. So I, I don't think it's just the man's fault. I think it's also the woman's fault. Um, but I, I do wonder why, even when a man does see a woman that he's attracted to, he doesn't ask her out. So I, I agree. There's faults to go around, but it's 90% on the dudes. <laughs> 90% lefties, is that what you said? 90% on the dudes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, lefties are weird, but I don't yeah. understand. It's their fault, too. <laughs> I feel perfectly fine saying that. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, thank God it got solved for you. This is very funny. Um, this story... Is a beautiful story that you're about to share, but uh, there have been some connections in uh, with other people in my life that I thought have been have been pretty interesting for a pretty similar situation. So, uh, you were uh, single, working. You know, you had expressed to me multiple times that you would like to. You know, I'd, I would like to be married. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, raise a family. All all this kind of stuff, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, spoiler alert: 
we already said that you're married. So how did that happen? It's a, it's actually a pretty fun story. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about before I get started into that, that I have been to so many weddings. I am literally, my life is literally 27 dresses. Is that what that, <laughs> yeah, that's what that movie is called. 27 dresses. My life is literally the movie 27 dresses. And I have been so many bride, I've been a bridesmaid so many times. I have, I've been to like at least I'd say a hundred weddings at this point, single. And so each wedding was just that much more difficult, you know, desiring marriage and seeing friends get married one after the next, after the next, and um, really asking the Lord, like, why am I not married? You know, and even asking like, am I not good enough for this vocation? And, um, and so it kind of got put on my heart that I needed to start asking people to set me up you know, or going to, I tried, you refused yeah. my offer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I know who you're talking about and I wasn't interested. <laughs> I know what I want Taylor and I found him, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, going to different cities and hanging out with their friends and getting to know other people and maybe just gathering and getting to know more people um, was really important. And so I I told my sister this idea and a few weeks later she texts me. She's like, can we talk? I'm like, okay, sure. She's like, I have someone in mind for you, but I just want to like, see what you think. I think you'd be, I think you'd, you'd be interested, but I was like, okay. And she was, and she told me that it was her best friend's brother who I knew in college. Um, he started at A&M when I was a senior he transferred to AM when I was a senior and I was gone for that semester during the Disney college program. And so I came back for one single game um, with Becca and we actually sat with her best friend, her now husband, and then my now husband. So that was actually the first time that we met was at this, this football game, which I don't remember at all, but needless to say, I, I knew him, you know, we had many conversations in the past and for some reason, like the, Every time I would like pray about who my future husband would be, it was like, you already know who this person is. Bryce. <laughs> yeah. God, trying like, to make it super I, clear. And you're like, what? What about yeah. rice? What do you say? <laughs> like, go through my phone contacts. Like, who do I already know? You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so she called me and it was immediately just this very um, humbling and purifying and uh healing it was just such a healing experience i can't even explain it to you but just like the whole conversation it it just healed so many wounds that i had built up about like surrounding previous guys the guy i dated right before like before um i just had a lot of woundedness from that uh and so I was so grateful for that conversation. And so I gave myself a couple of weeks to think about it, which he makes fun of me for so much now. And finally, yeah, especially with like the position you were in, you were like, did it really take weeks for you to make this decision? <laughs> Come on, Sarah. <laughs> but it did. I, I think that healing process continued over the next two weeks. And then I, I think what it was really was that I, I just like knew this was going to be who I was going to marry, like in that moment. And it kind of freaked me out. And so I was like, I need, I need a little bit of time. And so <laughs> three more weeks of singleness. Yeah. I've done it yeah. this long. I can do three more weeks. <laughs> honestly though, honestly. So I took that couple of weeks, prayed about it a lot. And, um, 
just to just to heal those wounds and then said yes and we immediately started talking and he was in the coast guard and so he was up in uh, where his family was for christmas and took a detour to college station to go on a date with me on his way home from christmas and we talked for a few hours it was really great at some point his brother who had driven with him like peeked into the room and I had no idea that he was there. And he actually sat like right behind us to make fun of his brother. <laughs> and That's it was great. Funny. It was it was great. Um, and Leave then, it to brothers to almost ruin what was what had a really good ending <laughs> to this story. <laughs> he's still trying to ruin it today. No, I'm uh, And so I just totally like, you know, after that first coffee date, we continued talking and just something that was really different about this relationship was I felt really called to let him lead. Um, and before, if a guy, if I was interested in a guy, I was the one kind of trying to put myself out there and like pursue him. But this time it was taking a step back and letting him pursue me. And so it went from text to phone calls to um, I went to meet up with you when you were doing a trivia night and we were on the phone and that was when he asked me to come visit for the first time. And I went in. Yeah, super talk. rude. Super rude to ignore me like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, went down and visited him. And it just started, like, again, just a slow process of discernment. And then as soon as it was, like, there was just this moment where we talked about it. And we both knew. And the Lord just, like, put it on both of our hearts. And we just went straight to marriage, you know, and, um, it's just been the absolute best thing. His family is so close and, um, a prayer of mine and desire of mine has always been that our parents and our families would know each other really well. Um, because growing up, my grandparents on both sides of my family were best friends. Like we all went on a cruise together, like both sides, of my family, all of my cousins, we all went on a cruise because both sets of grandparents were celebrating the 50th anniversaries. And they even still to this day take each other out for birthdays and for for anniversary meals and things like that. And so that's been something that was on my heart. And so when it was just even more confirmed that this was what we were supposed to do because our families were already so close and our sisters were best friends. But he is just so amazing. He's so good. Um, I love how knowledgeable he is and how goofy he is, how close he is with his family members. Um, they whenever they get together they laugh so hard they cry it's just so funny and so good and i'm really grateful to be a part of the family and yeah. to be married to him yeah i'm so happy for you and, and i i could tell like throughout this whole thing like you've just been genuinely happy like the entire time uh which is just really good so um it was cool for me that um i, I had this realization i shared it with with you and bryce uh I don't know if I shared it before, but whenever whenever I saw y'all last weekend, um, like my sister's wedding was just a few weeks ago, and right. uh, I hadn't made the like. There have been a lot of connections that I have made, and I've shared these with you, like, but where you and my sister are very similar. Like, my sister is four years younger than me. You're four years younger than me. Like, it's which baffles me and kind of blows my mind like because I've, I've said multiple times like my my sisters still seem like the age that they were when i left 
high school because it's like once I left high school, like I didn't come back, you know, like I, I I went off and lived my life, you know. I mean, like I came back for holidays, but I didn't like go live there, right? So like my sister would have been you know thirteen, fourteen when I left, and the other sister would have been like ten, and they're both married now, and I'm like, this is illegal. You can't marry a ten year old, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, but there's been a lot of similarities with like, essentially my sister was in the, a very similar scenario that, that you were in, right? Like pretty devout Catholic wanted to be married, wanted to be a mom and just wasn't meeting anybody. Right. And a pretty similar kind of thing. Like she was, went to school, was working, was very introverted, like wasn't in a lot of places where like she would meet new people, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty similar. Right. And for you, it was your sister introducing you to your now husband uh for my sister it was my parents and my sister's now husband her his parents went on vacation together like like they were on they did not go on vacation together they went on vacation separately they met and uh my parents are from southern louisiana and like like if you know people from Southern Louisiana, you know exactly what they sound like. And I guess they just heard them. <laughs> they just heard my, my sister's husband's parents talking in various Southern Louisiana. So they got together, started talking about Southern Louisiana things. And they both realized that they had like an eligible bachelor, bachelorette that both wanted to be married. And they were like, hey, they should meet. And then they met and now they're married. And I'm just like, this is just, it's That's so cool. like, it's so cool. I'm so happy for both of you. But I, I like, it's just so foreign to me. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. I just meet people where I'm, where I see them. I'm like, you're cute. Would you like to meet up with me? You know? And so it's just really funny to me that like these two people that I care about that are have very similar situations had very similar outcomes because of similar reasons. It was just kind of this baffling thing for me. It's kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so I, I got to, at your wedding, I got to provide a role that I didn't know was a role at weddings, which kind of seems like, like you're just throwing somebody a bone. That's a, a little bit what it feels like. You're like, Hey, we don't have a role for you here, but you can, you can do this thing that we made up. So. What, you wanted to be a bridesmaid, Taylor? <laughs> I, I did. I, I, for uh, one of our other friends, I was the flower girl, uh, uh, Jennifer, for, for Jennifer, uh, who is another incarnate word Academy person, ironically enough. Uh, my daughter Explain was supposed to be thing. the, my daughter was supposed to be the flower girl. She freaked out and did not want to go <laughs> and did not want to walk down the aisle. So I walked down the aisle putting down flowers while holding my daughter. So oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> At least you were still holding her. For some reason, yeah, yeah. I was imagining Maggie, probably Maggie. Give me your dress. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put not this even. dress on real quick. No. Oh uh, yeah, it was Maggie. She was very tiny. Um, so it was actually the same building, which is kind of funny. Was, uh, the same building where I was a flower girl. I was also this other thing. And it, it seemed made up, but it was actually a really special moment. And I'm really happy that you that, that you asked me to do it. But uh, it's one of those, like, at least to me, these new newer wedding traditions. So uh, what what did I do at your wedding? And, yeah. Tell, tell us that story. <laughs> well, you held the door open for me. I sure did. As I walked in alongside with one of our coworkers, old coworkers. Um, and both of you have just been such brother figures in my life. And it's, you know, he's so like cl- 78 years old, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so y'all have both been brotherly figures in my life. And so to, to see you two and to also have my dad next to me, um, was just very calming to have y'all there and, you guys both prayed over me 
before I walked down the aisle because, you know, you start to get a little bit jittery beforehand. And so it was yeah, just what people don't know is you tried to run away. I had to go tackle you. <laughs> don't ever tell Bryce. Yeah. That, so that was awesome. And a fun fact about that is that my husband held the door open for my sister before she walked in to get married. So my husband so and, and brother-in-law. So my best, my sister's best friend's brother. Hu- nope. My sister's <laughs> best friend's husband alongside my husband held the door open for Becca as she walked down the aisle. That's so cool. So I, I just think that, it is a beautiful role. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things that like when you asked me, I just, cause I'd never seen it before. I'm just like, okay. Like, you, want, like, you, want me, you want me to hold the door? And it ended up being a way more special experience than I anticipated. Cause I just thought like when you hear hold the door, you're just like, okay, here you go. You know, uh, which like I've done a lot of church work where like, you know, you do things behind the scenes, like a lot, like a lot of our work that we do here is behind the scenes editing. stuff. So, so like, I thought it was going to be like, just like, like legitimately just open the door. She'll walk by. But like you ended up standing there for like a solid like three or four minutes. We talked to you. We prayed Amazing. with you. And like, like, oh, yeah. And it was this. It was cool because it seemed like a microcosm like of our friendship, like of our mm-hmm. whole relationship, because like you were nervous. And I think like having your dad and these two other people that have meant a lot to you, like you calmed down. Like we physically saw you calm down mm-hmm. because we talked with you. We prayed with you. And one thing that I will never forget is uh, I was the first, uh, this might not be true, but because other people probably might've seen it behind the scenes, right? Like, I think there's always like, you know, I don't know what women do at weddings because I've never been one. Uh, But like, I think there's like the first look and like, you know, like the ladies probably saw you in your dress before Mm -hmm. the wedding, right? Mm -hmm. But like before Bryce saw you, before your dad saw you, you peeked out of the chapel and I'm just like, hi, <laughs> like I got to see you. And I was one of the first people to see you. That meant a lot to me. I was like, this is so, I'm so, ha- I was so happy for you. And it was just like this special moment of like, oh, not only am I holding the door, like I I, I got to say hi before anybody else did. This is nice. <laughs> and it was also another calming moment because I was by myself in there and I'm just getting really jittery. Right. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, like my dad can come back. <laughs> right. And I was just like being silly, like, hello. I haven't seen you yet today. Nice to see you. Yeah, it was definitely a good moment. It was very sweet. So, but you've been married for nine months. What what are the what are the big takeaways from being married for nine months? What what are the the uh, how you feel? Yeah, no, I mean it's definitely the best season of our lives. I'm trying to think of things to share about it, but we recently moved to be closer to his family after he got out of the Coast Guard. And we live near where there's a ton of hills, which I've never lived in a town with hills. So it's awesome. And his family lives out on some land. And so it's just really nice to get to go out there and spend some peaceful time together. So it's been a lot of really good quality family time. Um, But just life together is so good. I mean, I pretty much look at him every single day with like a tear in my eye. And I'm just, I just tell him I'm so grateful to be married to you. Well, getting a better understanding of why people are waiting later to get married. That is Forte Catholic. You can catch up on episodes with Sarah and Taylor easily done at Podcast Central. Just go to EWTN.com 
slash radio. And that way, no matter whatever travels you still have for the end of this year, we're looking forward to really subscribing, liking, following, sharing these episodes with your friends and your family so that we can deepen our walk with God. I'm Ace McKay, and when Catholics Coast to Coast returns, we're going to continue the conversation on singledom as the Catholic influencers are really giving us insights into the calling of marriage. What does it mean for you in your life if you find yourself over 30 and still single? We'll get into that discussion next on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Episode 10, and here we are sitting around this table again in, again, a new space. New space. It seems like every time we're in a new space. Last time we were in a new space. This time we're in an even newer, but it's not even our space yet, really. Not quite. We're almost there. But we're excited to be able to take you on that journey with us. Yes. And if you're listening on the audio, you can see a vision of what this is um, by heading to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash FRG ministry. It's pretty cool. It's got, you know, new car smell? Yes, it <laughs> It's got new warehouse smell. Yes, that's right. We're in uh, our, the, the new FRG ministry studio and we're surrounded by new equipment and um, bigger screens and uh, a lot of uh, fancy stuff that we use for our online courses, for our online mass, and a whole lot of stuff um, uh, reaching out to, literally to millions of people across the world. So we're grateful to be in, the, we're humbled to be able mm-hmm. to be in this space where we're reaching out uh, through this state of the art studio. Anyway, this is not what we're about. <laughs> At the end of the day, we want to give you Jesus, right? We want to, to reach out uh, to your hearts. This is the most wonderful time of the year, Advent, Christmas. To prepare you for this wonderful season, we're offering an Advent retreat. We do this every year. This year is going to be extraordinarily special. I'm going to be one of the hosts for this retreat, along with the beautiful Rose and Augie from our FIT ministry team. We have so many amazing guests this year. Father Rob, Father Nathan, Sister Mary Sarah. We're going to have times of prayer, talks, mass something for everyone you know we might be separated if we're tuning in online we might be gathering together behind a screen and tuning in but i invite you to come and worship jesus as we get closer to christmas hope to see you there if you want to be a part of it you can head to frgministry.com forward slash events to get involved don't want to miss it i hope to join you there as we pray together and we prepare to celebrate the wonderful gift that god has given us and maybe what we'll do is we'll start with a little bit of a prayer yeah. and then we'll go um, <clears throat> and, and talk about the subject and talk about what, what God has planned for us during this gospel, this Sunday's gospel. So, Father God, we thank you for your mercy and love. We thank you that today is a new day, that you have invited us into your heart and into your space. And so, God, we just want to surrender our hearts to you, our minds, our wills, so that we may be present to you. Lord, you're already present to us. You're already here. Just let us be aware of your presence, of your love. Come, Spirit of God, and speak. We give you the permission to speak. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So this Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent and this Sunday's Gospel comes from Mark chapter 13 verses 33 to 37. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, Keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Amen. And so to be on our guard all the time, to be ready. What does it mean to be ready? This is a very fitting time to be talking about these things because like I have my Instagram, my TikTok is full of people telling me about the end times. Mm. Do you get that on your feed? It must be your algorithm. No, I get, <laughs> yeah. I get a few things and people send me a few things, but it's probably not as full as yours. I just get food recipes all the time. <laughs> or cat videos. <laughs> yours sounds oh way more goodness, interesting. I'm, I'm sounding like, this, like a priest or something. <laughs> But yes, this is anyway. This is what I get, but especially um, not not so much Catholic, but uh, different uh, Christian denominations talk a lot about um, you know the war in Israel and and Gaza and that this is being the the end times. This is the end times are coming, and a lot of people even are seeing these videos and telling me and sending me messages saying, "Father Rob, is this real? Is this what's happening?" And maybe we'll, we'll allude to it. I won't go into depth of this, but. Um, well, what is Jesus saying? See, he's talking about the end times and he prophesied that there will be wars, rumors of war. The book of Revelation is all about how the end times will come. So are we at the end times? Maybe we can ask this question or um, was Jesus talking about the end times? There's a lot to, to think and to talk about here. There is a lot to think to think and talk about. Firstly, this is like a bit off topic, but I was going to say, I feel like this is the, well, I know this is the first time we've done uh, an Advent Catholic Influencers Podcast. Normally Ooh. we stop the season and we do like an Advent retreat, but this year you're getting both. This year you're getting an Advent retreat plus Catholic Influencers Podcast. How awesome is that? It keeps us busy. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but it's exciting. Um, okay, I was going to say, or well, this is what I in- gathered from my research, that this passage can be talking about um, a bunch of different things. It can be talking about um, Jesus talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. It could be talking about um, judgment at the end of time, but it also can be talking about Jesus's upcoming passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few ways that we can interpret this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, one of the things as well that he's talking about here is um, what, yeah, I want to really focus. Let's start, ask the first question, like what was Jesus actually talking about mm. here? He's, he was talking about um he was talking about the fall of Jerusalem here when I think at the forefront of his mind. Now, of course, every, everything that is, the scriptures are inspired, so they hold for every generation. The word of God here, spoken by God, did not expire with the AD 70 fall of Jerusalem, with the fall of the temple. So it does make sense. And so we have to interpret it in our times as well. Mm-hmm. There's a cool quote I found um I don't know that I have a lot of wisdom to offer on sort of the historical significance, but St. Augustine um, reminds us of the second coming when he said um, this, it is by design that Jesus hid the last days from us. He didn't give us the date and time stamp of when it was going to happen. 
So it's by design that Jesus hid the last days from us so that we would be on the lookout for him every day of our lives. Mm. Uh, Respectfully, um, whether the end times is now doesn't really matter to me. I should have been ready yesterday. No, or the sorry. day before, or the day before, or 20 years ago. I don't live with this last minute packing mentality about my faith where it's like, yes. I'm, I'm going to heaven tomorrow. I'm going to pack my bag now. It's like, no, yeah. like we should be ready with our bags packed. Um, and our bags packed, meaning living a life um, worthy of the gospel, living a life that Jesus has commanded us to. And we live our life for heaven. We don't live our life in a sense for fear of end times, but we live our life um, with eternity as our yeah. horizon um, goal. And so I just thought that reminder from St. Augustine um, was really timely, mm-hmm. as you said, bringing this into the context of today. Yeah, when I was reading this passage, I was just also thinking of, I love how you said um, we leave our faith sometimes to the last minute. Um, and we can see this in so many examples mm-hmm. sometimes of um, people that are on their deathbed, deathbeds and then all of a sudden it's time to call the priest, but they've mm-hmm. maybe had no interaction with the priest for most of their life. Um, and I was reminded of a, actually, again, very timely, a friend rang me this week to talk about how um, a member of her family was ill um, in hospital and things weren't looking great and she being the only practicing Catholic in her family, the family called her, we need your help now, can you help us mm. with um, all the religious stuff, right? Um, and she went in and then had to have this big discussion about um, end of life stuff, this the person who was sick and their family had big end of life questions and so she sat and she spoke with them and she brought her parish priest along as well. But the night before she also went there with like a pamphlet that explained um, perhaps going to confession and examination of conscience. And she said to me, I thought this was a really great opportunity for me to say to the rest of the family, hey, this is something you guys should be looking into as well, (laughs) which I thought was just such a great thing. And I think sometimes these events in life when we have family who perhaps have these experiences, they can make us have this awakening and be like, hey, I really need to jump into this now and and because nothing's guaranteed. You know, we can plan our whole life from the beginning and think, oh, when I grow old, I'll go to Mass. When I grow old, I'll go to confession and be ready to meet God. Be ready now. Be ready yesterday, as you yeah. said. Yeah, and I think um, I was just reminded of this line that came up. I was um, speaking at a conference recently and um, just this thought of get to know Jesus now so you're not strangers when he mm. does come again. Yes. You know, he wants to be in relationship with you now. You don't have to be a stranger. You don't have to have that awkward first conversation with Jesus when he's standing right in front of you in his second coming. Like you can really get to know him intimately and, and deeply now. Um, so and th- this, just quickly, to like, yeah. because once you're on this point, like the second coming of Christ, because some people don't even know. True. Would what, you like? What, what is that? <laughs> what, no, what do you understand by that? Like the second coming of Christ. What do you mean the second coming of Christ? Don't look at me. <laughs> no, no. You can answer that question. No, but I, I think this is uh, explained in the scripture that even in Mass, we say Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again or until you come in glory. So God, prophes- not prophesied, promised us that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And this is not in hell. And it's not. this is not the same thing as the, um, the when everyone disappears. What's that? Um, 
anyway, the rapture the rapture <laughs> so it's not the same as the rapture so the rapture is a, a matter of interpretation if you want to interpret the scripture um, literally one will be in a field one um, and one will disappear one will go so that's that is more of a literal translation literal interpretation but the second coming of christ is when he will gather those who followed him who know him um, unto him and those who uh, have chosen to reject him um, away from him so we know that christ is coming and will come maybe in our lifetime maybe not and it's so clear that jesus says nobody knows the day or the hour but again, these things that we keep getting on, on social media is, is that, okay, so it's imminent that Jesus is coming and he's coming because these are the signs that he said. But every generation has these signs. And I'm not discounting that Christ could come again and he could very well come again. But I think be aware of those who uh, have such clarity in, in knowing the day and the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have to be... Um Make sure we we don't lose our brain when yes. we're engaging with content like that, and making sure that we're fact checking. And um, you know, you don't yeah, you don't have to forfeit your brain um, thinking yes. about that. I think one thing that really stood out to me is that um, exhortation to be watchful and be alert. Well, how do we do that? Do we just like fret around and like mm-hmm. I'm constantly alert and I don't sleep at night anymore mm-hmm. and I watch my cameras to see if this is the end <laughs> times? It's like no, actually, what does being watchful and alert yeah. mean? And so. Um, I think it's really interesting in this scripture, um, you know, Jesus is, you know, like the man going to a far country, you know, that's the analogy. And he leaves three things with his servants um, and he leaves his house, his authority and his work. And to be watchful and alert means to engage with what Christ has left Mm. for us. He didn't just ditch like you know, <laughs> after the ascension, he didn't did he? <laughs> sound effect. Yeah, sound thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> no, he left his house. What is Jesus's house that he left? He left yeah. his church. He left the authority of the church, but he left the fullness of the church here on earth um, to bring he, you know, bring him glory. Um, he instituted the church, so stay close to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, his authority, you know, we we are to live and serve the authority of Jesus, the teachings, you know, and live the way of life that he has commanded us, the way of life that will bring us a life to the full way of life that isn't always easy, but one that um, by living out a life um, in obedience to Jesus' authority keeps us watchful, keeps us alert, keeps us ready. And then lastly, um, his work. You know, we have work to do. He has a call. He has a mission. He has a task for each of us to do. So spend your days being watchful and alert by living out the great call that God has put on your life. That is not always peachy, you know. That is sometimes hard, but is beautiful as well. Um, So I think these are the tools that he's given us to stay alert, to stay watchful. Um, He's not a ditcher. He doesn't just say peace out and good luck. Um, I think that I found really helpful um, how do I stay alert? Yeah. How do I not fall asleep? And also, should you see the, the second coming of Christ and the, the judgment, in a sense, should bring us joy, not fear. Mm. You know, if you, I've spoken again to many people who, who often pray, God, Jesus, please come quickly. Come, come, come into this world. Come and save us quickly. They cannot wait for that moment. And it's not that they're sick, dying in bed and suffering, and they want their suffering to be over. There are people like that as well. But there are people who are just so much longing for this intimacy with Christ, mm. so much longing because they understand that this is a joyful, not a scary moment. If it is a scary moment, then one, you either are not ready for his second coming or you don't understand 
understand. You don't mm. understand his love. Mm-hmm. You think that he's here to to send you somewhere, or you think that death is going to send you to this kind of abyss where you're going to miss everything you love. No, you're going to be completely united, completely just in in union with everything that you loved in this world that was rightly ordered, and and not only that, it's going to fulfill your heart. Christ is going to fulfill your heart in a way that you could never even have hoped or imagined in this life. Mm, absolutely. Um, I think we've covered everything that I was going to say, but I have to backtrack a little bit. Did we talk about um, the exact thing that Jesus was talking about in this passage? Because in this passage, he's talking to Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and he says, what I say to you, I'm saying to everyone. So we know this message is for everyone. But did we talk about the destruction go, of the temple? We can, no, 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 I, I mean thought you were going to talk about well, it. <laughs> yes. Well, again, Jesus was, if you want to talk about his intention at the moment, if you what the apostles in front of him would have understood in hindsight was the destruction of the temple. He was talking about the fall of Jerusalem. But he could also have been talking about his own death, his own crucifixion. And also, he would, could, if you took it as a parousia type of thing, the end of times, he could have been talking about that. But... That's not how they would have understood him. And that's not how they would have understood it after his resurrection. They would have understood, hey, we have seen it in our generation. In fact, the first um, biblical scholars thought, hey, um, Jesus maybe made a mistake here because actually it wasn't the end. But you see there, and then we've come through understanding that he wasn't talking about the end times in as much as he was talking about um, the destruction of the temple, keeping close to him and also his death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. Encounter by FRG Ministry presents our online subscription package. As a member, you will receive digital on-demand access to Encounter's growing library of online courses. Encounter and Encounter Youth online courses cover teaching, devotional, and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students, and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Introduction to the Bible, The Mass, and more, with new courses being added regularly. All Encounter courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and wallpapers. These courses are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. All Encounter Youth courses include teaching videos, interactive teacher and student PDFs with lesson plans, and guided prayer and reflection. For more information about enrollment and subscription options, head to www.encountercourses.com slash subscription. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Encounter Courses. Another week, another curly question. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump straight in. I feel that God has called me to marriage, but I'm 30 and still single. What do I do? Give up. <laughs> you have no hope. You are the Once you're worst. over 30. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. Over. I'm kidding. Oh my you gosh. Know, can I tell you something? A lot of the weddings, I'd say 50% of the weddings I do now, let's say, are of people who have asked this question. I'm 30, I'm 25, I'm, I'm even 35, even 40, and I've been 
praying all of this time for someone to marry. And I know I'm called to marriage. This is not me. But they're saying, I know I'm called to marriage, but where? Where's my husband? Where's my wife? So I'm like, I'm hope filled. But at the same time, I think there are certain things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. I was in this boat. Hey, I was 30 and I was. I was about to be 31 and I was recently single. So I was like, what the heck? Like, Mm. God, you know my heart. God, I've been praying. I've been faithful. I I knew all the talks. I knew the like, you know, marriage isn't going to fulfill all your desires. I knew all the like, you know, just keep living your life and then the right person will walk in. But every time someone said that, I kind of wanted to be like, oh, thank you so (laughs) much. I have never heard that before. Didn't Just because I asked the question and didn't mean that I wasn't being faithful. So if that's Mm -hmm. you out there, I feel your sister or brother, like mm-hmm. I feel you. Um, and I, I really appreciate the practicality of this. Mm-hmm. So I would say, speaking from experience, I want to ask this person or if you fit into this category, are you being proactive? I know what I'm about to say isn't a silver bullet. Yeah. Um, and I know you might have been asked this before, but have you tried online dating? Yes. I know, don't roll your eyes at me, don't at me. Like, have you tried it? And it's yeah. not that bad. I met my husband on, on Uh, on Catholic Match and I didn't want to sign up and I didn't want to be on Catholic Match and I was like I know everyone in Melbourne like this is going to be so embarrassing and I was like Justine if you want to meet someone you've exhausted your social circles just get over your pride and go on and And, uh, statistically think about it this way you know people uh, don't have time to before it was like they'd go to the Catholic dances and the Hmm. Catholic um, ball dances or whatever they would have all of that and they they would it was the catholic singles in fact one of the biggest dating events in the world is world youth day you know that's a place <laughs> where so many because it's a place where catholics gather in in one place but today this doesn't happen this doesn't happen where people catholics don't gather except for mass but mass is difficult because very often you are in in your own space and and you're in your own prayer space now people socialize but a lot don't and also, strangely enough, the world is becoming a little bit more introverted and you become more introverted as you get older. So you want your own space as you get older. So I'm not here to endorse any online dating, but I'm also, I see how valuable it is, mm. and how good it is. And again, I do a lot of weddings and this, I, I've never been on an online dating site, but you can choose whether you want a Catholic person, you can choose, mention about your morals and, and, and certain things. So, and you can engage with it as much or as little as you want to. Like you, you have the power to say, no, it's not like you're losing control. And you could be prayerful about it too. Yeah. You could say, God, give me a discerning heart. Like it's not, it's not all bad. I was going to say there are some Christian and Catholic date, online dating, um, not applications or programs, but sites and even things on social media that I've seen, we were discussing, we've seen um, Emily Wilson is a Catholic um, speaker, singer who we've had on some of our FIG events. Recently, she had some posts where she did a bit of a matchmaking thing where people could write where they were from and their age and interest in the comments. And I think the last time I checked, there were six or so couples, like it's all in the USA, but um, like flying interstate to meet each other and like relationships have blossomed from that. Um, So yeah, online could be scary, but 
We need to make, make use of yes. the technology that we have. Maybe I'll do a post on my social media. Oh, my so gosh. All, all singles, please. <laughs> that was actually one thing. I'm like, maybe because we should start a Catholic no, no, influence. Emily Wilson, a very good friend of mine, but she has most of her demographic, demographic single is women. single women. And I yeah. suppose young single men would be terrified to, <laughs> to post that. But anyway, but That's I think idea. it's so important. It doesn't look. And you have to see certain towns like... Uh, I know, like country Victoria, where I live, um, Catholic singles is not really, you're not going to find a lot of people. So like this thing, I, I hear a lot about one called Bumble. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's where I've done quite a few weddings that came from Bumble. Anyway. Or a Tinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> They're the secular weddings that I sing at. <laughs> I think it's okay. important to talk about, though, um, not compromising. Yes. And it's not just yeah. in the context of apps and online dating, not compromising on our morals. But also, you know, as we get older, perhaps we need to ask ourselves the question, like what are, th- what are some standards or criteria that I have that are perhaps – a bit more um, flexible, but what are those ones that I, I'm just not going to compromise on? Yeah. And I would mm. say the bucket that I'd say definitely don't compromise on mm. is morals, yes. 100%. But is there another bucket that is less important, maybe a little bit superficial, maybe a little bit controlling, mm-hmm, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, he must be this, 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 or she must be that, 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 yes. that actually that's you being a little bit controlling. Or wanting to retain the mm. cake and Eating it, like yeah. Have the cake and eat it, yeah. So yeah, relationships require compromise, yeah. right? What do you guys reckon about that? Definitely, I don't compromise on the morals. And speaking from experience, I would just say that even if you find someone who may not necessarily share your faith to the level that you do, it is still possible to not compromise on your morals mm-hmm. and be in a relationship with someone. And you perhaps could be called to be that person's. Um, Highway to Jesus, in That's a sense, right. and then, uh, but don't get married with the intention. Oh, one day I will com- yes. convert them because maybe God is asking you to love them, even if they don't convert. Mm. Because I, wants, I yeah. will say, I know some people who were getting a little bit older and were still single, and I'm not going to name names, but perhaps rushed. Yes. And their marriage has been in turmoil. Yes, because for a couple of months they were stoked. I'm not single anymore. I'm married. It was finally me. But they overlooked some really important stuff, not even yeah. moral things, character, character, personal traits or unpacking personal histories that are quite um, – is quite an important process to do and to be really wise about. So you want to hold it in balance. We're not saying be stupid about it. But um, don't rush, for goodness sake. But, like don't rush it. Like, it's, this is what happens as well when you're, let's say, 35, 40 – Usually, from what I see, is that people are dating and within two months they're married. Mm. You know, like because they don't, they know what they want, they found what they want. And is, do you think that there's a danger there? I think that that's an exception to the rule. You can't say, you can't speak on someone else's um, behalf. But I would say, for the most part, the majority of relationships need more than two months, no matter how old you are. I don't, you know. Why? What do, what do you discover after two months? Like, I, I'm asking. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great question. I think when you spend time with someone, you're going to get the best of somebody in the first two months. That's right. They're yeah. going to put their best foot oh, forward. Yeah. It's all the sparks flying. But then once um, that starts to rub off or you're spending a lot of time together over a time period, you really get to know people's true colors. And the same, with, you know, with me and my husband when we were dating, he's a great guy, but and I think I'm an all right person, but I can get really annoying. And um, you experience life together and things happen and stuff from your past comes up when you allow it the time. Mm. And when stuff from your past comes up, 
often you start to see somebody's truth and you start to see whether they've spent time unpacking that. You start to see their true colors. You start to see how they talk to you and people around. So I would say there's no rush. Like, Mm -hmm. please don't for the sake of your future. If you think in two months that you can marry them, just wait a little longer. (laughs) What's a couple more months going to do other than bring good? Yes. And I'm also aware that in our recommendation, we talked, we emphasized online dating, but there are other ways, right? I think so. A few notes that I said is, um, you know, be courageous. Do you need to broaden your circles, your social circles? Like there are things called meetups, you know, do you need to drive a couple of hours to a different city to start going to events? I think it's worth it to broaden um your circles or, or try and seek out people elsewhere to where but, you are. And actually the, even mm-hmm. just going out, I was going to say, like yeah. I feel like as we get older mm. into our 30s, like I hate going out. Me too, amen. So, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a bit of a getting out of your comfort effort. zone mm. and a big effort to go out and actually try and meet people. Yes. And there's this tendency as well when we've been praying and fasting and even someone would have prophesied over us, you're going to find this person. And we there's a tendency to think, okay, this person's going to fall in my lap. Yeah. You know, when it, that takes a lot of discomfort to come to this place and a place where this person might make you uncomfortable. It's not the person you've dreamt about for the last 30, 40 years. But how much, again, we talk about the compromise, how much are you ready to to compromise what you saw the ideal woman, the ideal man to be? I think it's beautiful to let go, mm. to let go of the things that you thought you desperately were going to find in somebody. And again, we're not talking about the morals, but to let go and actually truly allow God to be the author of that. And I honestly, I'm such a control freak. And if I hadn't have let go, I would have missed the opportunity of meeting my now husband. Yes. So just prayerfully just let go and examine your heart. Um, the last thing I do want to say is to all those who are listening, <laughs> who are not single, who are married, who are, you know, dating, um, think about your single friends too. And um, one thing that I'm going to do in a couple of weeks is I'm going to host a dinner mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a singles dinner at my house. It's going to be a normal people's dinner at my house. And I'm going to casually invite non-awkwardly people who just so happen to be great people who are single, who are male and female to my house. Well, now they know about it. I was going to say. Yeah, but it's an unspecified time. <laughs> I'm going to have lots of dinners so you won't know which one. Um, and just look out for your single friends and put a bit of That's effort so in. Come on. You know, I'm really going to put this post on my social. I'll contact Emily and ask, and yes, ask how, how to, to do it. it. Yeah, but, you know, p- put some effort into your single friend's um, life and, and host a dinner or something like that. I reckon it be fun. That's clever, yeah. Yeah, so uh, try and figure out, speak to your parish priest. Maybe there could be something that they organize within the parish. Yep. And funnily enough, can I tell you something? Talk to your parish priest. If you uh, say, hey, do you know anyone who's single? Mm. Because a lot of, now a lot of us find out through spiritual direction and through confession, so we can't say. But maybe there are conversations that happen outside of that, mm-hmm. that your parish priest hears a lot more than you think. Maybe there's someone out there. It's a, an opportunity that, that could help someone. Father Rob and Elisa, Justine, helping to make sense with the Catholic Influencers podcast. And really, what does it mean when we look at God's Word and how that applies to us, single, married, and moving forward? So whatever your plan, your goals are for the upcoming year, give them to God. Ask Him, consult Him before you get excited. And even the challenge 
is really thinking about what if you prayed this year without asking for a single thing and then looking into God's Word as to what that means for you and how you can change your prayer life. So think about it. Just thank Him for what's coming, what He's done, the things you can't see yet. You can't outgive God, right? That's going to do it for this week, and I look forward to a new year together where we can dive into these healthy conversations at Podcast Central. Easy to find, EWTN.com slash radio, and I'll see you in 2024. Remember to let God define who you are, and I'll see you again on Catholics Coast to Coast.